Hey everybody and welcome to the Wellness That Works podcast. Hi Lily. Hi Sam, you feeling good today? I am feeling good, yeah. Sun is shining. Sun is shining, nice and bright. Uh, Still a chill in the air. Yes. The the wind uh, chill factor is still quite high when we're recording this. Yes. Um, So been wrapping up warm to go out for my yeah. daily walk later. we're getting there though yes and it's yeah. good to hear that you're going for your daily walk later because <laughs> we've got a great guest to talk to about that um he has won 12 british championships and is a british way- race walker we've got tom bosworth with us hi tom hi how are you good how are you doing good yeah very well thank you thanks for having me you had uh, a bit of trouble then, Lily, saying race walker. I know, that was bad, <laughs> wasn't it? race walker. <laughs> <laughs> and I also started worrying, like, what if he's won more than that and we've got our research wrong? <laughs> but I'm hoping that's correct. You need to correct us if we've got it wrong, Tom. No, it's a good, it's a good start so far. And to be fair... What I do has been called many things, so so I'll take I'll take a, a, a way to walk or whatever, <laughs> whatever you call it. <laughs> So when we first um, found out about you and what you do, and I had a look through your Instagram, I'm not going to lie, I've never seen race walking before, um, and I'm so intrigued by it and what you do. So I think, I'm hoping I'm not the only one, and maybe some of our other listeners um, feel that way. So it'd be great to know how you got into it um, and, and what you do now. Well, and exactly what it is. I yeah. mean, is it like, <laughs> do you view it as halfway between a walk and a run? Is it something, you know, or do you view it as something completely different to that? It's obviously like a, a particular technique to it as well. So I've got all of these questions that mm. I want to know, as I'm sure everybody else will. So, yeah, definitely. Let's talk about how you got into it. Yeah, I mean, to, to start with, like, you're definitely not alone. You know, lots of people don't realise, you know, walking is a, is a sport. It's part of track and field. It's an Olympic event. Um, or, or some people have just seen it every four years on the TV randomly at, at an Olympic Games or something. And so, so yeah. you're definitely not, not alone there. And I get that, that a lot. But this is what I kind of quite enjoy about what I do is, um, you know, I'm not just... If I was a runner, there, there would be nothing else to talk about or explain. But this, it, it, it adds a kind of another aspect to, to what I do. And, and so I quite enjoy explaining it to people. And yeah, I just joined a local athletics club as a, an 11-year-old. Uh, tried a bit of everything, um, you know, long jump and, and, and uh, just kind of running came naturally to me because I'm a really skinny lad who, who kind of was never built to play rugby or team sports at school. So really didn't enjoy PE or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I never thought sport was for me, to be honest. Never, never thought this would ultimately become my job and a career. So and, and yeah, just followed my sister into the athletics club kept fit, my, uh, made some friends, my parents encouraged us to do the local races and I was pretty bad at it, but I just enjoyed it and, <laughs> and just uh, did it for fitness. So it was a really nice way to, to begin, I think. I didn't expect you to say you were bad at it. I thought you were going to say um, I was one of these natural sports people. Ahead like, of everyone. From, <laughs> from the start. Um, but you, you were bad at it well, or you weren't yeah. that great at it. No, I, I would say I, I was bad. You know, I, <laughs> I, I would I would lose local races and, you know, never, never achieve anything uh, I thought was particularly good. My first coach was fantastic at motivating me. Even if I'd come last by a, by a mile, he would 
he'd find something positive to say. Um, and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much and kept, kept going. There was never any pressure. He just liked to see us do well and, and enjoy ourselves. And, 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 and that was all it ever was for me. Yeah, it was, it was a great little group of us at, at the club um, who kind of did, did running and, and the walking as well. And, and yeah, I, I made friends from all over the country at races and stuff, but yeah, it just was purely fitness and, and social aspects. But there's something that I really love about kids starting off at athletics clubs or any sort of clubs like that, like grassroots level. Sorry, I've got a really whingy puppy today. I don't know if you can hear him, but he doesn't <laughs> stop moaning. Um, but it's good, isn't it? It's like, that's absolutely what I'd love my kids to get involved with, that type of club, because it stops them. I just feel like it stops them getting bored and doing the wrong thing, falling in with, with the wrong gang, you know, Um so that's really good. But you, you were talking about you had walking at that club or did it start off as running? Uh, yeah, there, there, there was a walks coach at, at the club. Quite okay. a few athletics clubs do have uh, walks coaches. Um, yeah. And, you know, they're involved in like at, at schools level sort of competitions uh, and that sort of thing. But in the UK, we haven't had somebody very successful um, in the walks like at World or Commonwealth or, or Olympic level for for decades really we've got loads of medals in in the 20 and 50 kilometer events but you've got to go back to like the 60s 70s where those medals came from and so it's kind of yeah. been just a bit of a forgotten athletic event and just half kind of through my development and and now successes uh, it, it started to kind of appear more on sort of mainstream track and field events, you know, TV races outside of Olympics and stuff like that. And and I'm really proud to have kind of been part of that with with my team and and the other athletes who really kind of raised the level and 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 I guess educated people about it a little bit more. And and especially then when we tell them how fast we walk in comparison to how, how fast people run, they're they're in in real shock almost uh, and kind of start to respect you a bit more and say oh wow this is actually a, a seriously uh, athletic event tom honestly you should have seen my face when i told you <laughs> I, I, I knew lily was and gonna Rachel, say this. um I, I looked up and i saw you'd put your pace on one of your uh, latest uh, walks and you walk twice as fast as i jog <laughs> and I was like that's incredible like it's insane and seeing the videos of you do it yeah honestly major respect for what you do um so like we said where is the line like how do you train for something like that and is it is quite long distance isn't it normally yeah uh, as a kid you kind of compete over I say shorter distances but they're like three or five k um and uh, all, all the races are done on quite short laps, whereas you might see a marathon over like a whole marathon city lap. You would only for for us, we're all on one or two k laps, so it can be judged to make okay. sure we're you know we're not we're not running. And the technique you see is dictated by those rules. Uh, we have to land with a straight leg, um, so there's no kind of uh, benefit from that sort of running yeah. knee. You would knee drive or push off that you would get, and then you have to maintain uh, one foot on the ground at all times as well so they're the kind of two rules that dictate the technique okay and so i i'd say to people you know the speeds uh, and kind of the way we train it's like it's like running but with a limited uh with the technique limiting kind of what you can do so it becomes very much about how efficient you can make your technique 
Um, and so it does mean a lot of miles and a lot of technical work. And it's pretty, especially this time of year when it's freezing cold out yeah. and, and it's, it's tough to go out. I've done 15 kilometers this morning and just wanted to crawl into bed and, uh, and just uh, yeah. stay with the dog really in front of the fire. But no, it's, it's, it's great that I can get out and just, just do this sort of exercise as, as my job. I'm really fortunate because I could never be stuck in an office. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the difference between walking and, and running and, and how we would kind of, uh, and how we compete really. Yeah. And it, has it been, so since you started it, has it been like a, a natural progression? You've always stuck with walking? Has it always, you know, has that been a clear pathway for you? Or have you sort of met barriers along the way, um, whether that be mentally or physically? Um have you tried other things you know what how's how's your journey got to this point how have you got your, yourself here well well I mean I, I joined the club uh when I was 11 so 20 years ago now and and it went from being a normal teenager where I did a little bit of other sport and and those sorts of things and and I didn't make a British t- uh, team I didn't represent the country until I was 19 and that all happened quite quickly overnight when I was about 17, 18. It kind of stopped growing. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really in, that focused on school. It, education never, never really interested me very much. Um, and despite my parents' kind of encouragement and that sort of thing, I just, uh, the, the, the athletics club and, and the walking pretty much gave me this escape from real life. And uh, uh, every evening I started to kind of if I wasn't at the club I'd start to do a little bit more from the house at home and would go for a jog or or do a few kilometers of walking and and suddenly it sort of it snowballed really and I I went from coming last at local races as a 16 year old to being 19 and suddenly making it into the top three uh, junior men in in the country uh, which we competed over 10k when you're a junior and uh, at senior you compete over 20 kilometers so it's quite a big step up so I yeah. thought great I've made this junior team I'm never going to be able to do 20 kilometers that's far too far like uh, yeah. th- this is my one win I'll, I'll take it I've represented Great Britain uh, yeah. I raced awfully uh, at that race <laughs> because I just went in with no experience and yeah. was just wow. overwhelmed to be there yeah I'm I sure. just thought great like this has gone overnight from being uh like a generic club athlete to suddenly wearing the british kit and and representing my country but that was just just the beginning just the beginning but it opened doors to me for me um i joined leeds metropolitan university it was back then in 2009 and that was because there was a athletics coach there and British Athletics had turned around and said, look, we want to rebuild this event, uh, the, the race walking event. We maybe, maybe down the line, we could get some medals in it. So they put this full-time coach in place and said to the best sort of junior walkers in the country at the time, if you want to go and study and train full-time, we'll, we'll make this, uh, this opportunity happen for you. Wow. What a great opportunity. Yeah. Well, I didn't see, see it like that. I well, no, because and... you weren't, you weren't actually loving education. education. <laughs> You're I, like, I, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I turned around and, and turned the opportunity down. Did thankfully, you? thankfully yeah. my mum picked up the phone, rang him back and accepted, oh, and no. accepted my place for me. So, no. so uh, I, I've not, I will never tell her it, but probably the best thing she's ever done for me in in my life because it put me on this path that 
you know, uh, pretty much all the way through my ju- uh, junior childhood sort of thing, teenage life, it gave me a, a sort of a way through, a pathway through that I never realised I needed until I look back now. It was that steady, constant, happy sort of place for me mm. for a long, long time, whereas I didn't really enjoy school and uh, struggled with a few things personally and so growing up as as everybody does so it just gave me that escape from real life and and that ultimately has become my 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 literal way of way of life now Mm. and and it it's it's been so important and and I would hate to think now if we never joined the athletics club I've no idea where I'd be probably still pulling pints in, in my local pub to be perfectly honest because yeah. It's given me every opportunity and, and everything I've earned and and achieved in life has come through sport or through connections from sport. Yeah. There'll be yeah. parents listening to this, Tom, thinking, my son hates education. I can't get him to focus, but he loves sports because this is very, you know, you're not on your own here in, in that childhood. No. Yeah. Um, thinking, I've got, you know, this is really helpful because actually you just need to channel the right thing you know, that enthusiasm, that the enthusiasm that is there for your child to help them, um, to, to help them to know that they are good at something um, if they're not feeling that great about themselves in, in school and things like that. Uh, that's why athletics is so great, because there's something for everyone, whether, mm-hmm. you know, you, you could be a shot putter, you could run across country, you could be a sprinter, a jumper, you know, there's something yeah. for everyone, but it doesn't even have to be sport either. And, and, you know, it could be playing a musical instrument or something like that. And you don't even yeah. have to be very good at it. I think that's what I love to tell kids when I go into schools and, mm-hmm. and clubs now is I was really, really bad, but I did it for fun and enjoyment. And if you just keep going, it's that old, it sounds naive almost. Oh, just keep going and you might achieve something. Well, for five, six years, I did it for fun and came last. And now yeah. I have three, three world records, a Commonwealth silver medal, but it is Sixth such... British record, you know. It's... Exactly. No, I it's wish I knew that for your story. intro. Look at those. Yeah, <laughs> that should have been the intro. <laughs> we'll do it Repeat again. It, yeah. <laughs> no, but it is such a good story, and I think kids these days that the pressure is so high um, and so yeah. fierce sometimes on them, and the expectations that that are put onto kids. You know, there's almost like you build in this fear of failure without even yeah. maybe realizing it as a parent. Um, so yeah, it's like be fine with failure. Yeah, this is, yeah. You know, I mean, if you if you don't fail, how do you learn? How, exactly. how do you how do you get better? How yeah. how do you better yourself? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think that's why I I love pe- telling my story because so many sports men and women who are very successful, I think, are are naturally very gifted immediately. It's it's clear straight Mm -hmm. away or or they're in sports that you have to be kind of very, very good at age nine to Mm -hmm. have any chance of getting there. And that's the great thing about athletics is you've got you've got time to enjoy it first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and what you said about, um, you know, you did it for fun and then things obviously progressed and got a bit more serious I I think it'd be really interesting to know because I know you've talked very openly about mental health especially in sport and how that sudden jump into right there's real goals to hit there's competitions to take part in like how did you deal with that shift and and how do you deal with that now that it is your kind of day-to-day job well 
you know, uh, like you asked earlier, it was still very much a steady progression, even after mm. moving to university and starting to train full time. I went from mm. training maybe four or five times a week to 12, 13, 14 times a week. So that was a full on kind of wow. learning curve straight away and balancing the sort of studies alongside it. But I start, you know, when you're doing things that, that you start to enjoy, like this, the course I picked, uh, I started to enjoy. So I started to enjoy my education and, and the training and saw the kind of the progression was happening quite, quite quickly and made that made the Commonwealth Games in Delhi um, as a 20 year old and, and was, you know, over the moon with that. And, but still was about eight minutes away from the times I'm doing now over 20 kilometers. So it was still a long, long way. But it start, I started to prove things. Oh, no, no, not prove things. I started to surprise myself mm. with what I could do. And I would never set a, a limit on anything or, or, right, this is, if I get to this, that's it. I can, I can leave the sport. It's, it's great. All I've ever done is, okay, next step, next stepping stone, next goal, next mini target. Let's see if we can get a little bit faster and a little bit faster or make this championships or, and so on. And I went on to study at postgrad sports exercise nutrition which if you'd said to me as a 17 year old that you'll end up studying at postgrad level at university I, I really would have laughed at you <laughs> if not been probably rude to you because I would never <laughs> believe you in yeah. a million years and I, I think that's another great thing that kind of sport even at, at any level you know you can surprise yourself oh I walked a little bit further in this hour this this week and next week I'm going to try and walk a little bit further or I, I've got this lap I do every week that I'm going to do a minute quicker in three months time and suddenly you're two minutes quicker in three months time and it just naturally flows into the rest of your life and you start to mm -hmm. kind of better yourself just just by by kind of living naturally and I think it's a really really helpful way of looking at things when perhaps you're struggling with the expectation for, of life um so it took three or four years and, and suddenly I was 25 and starting to make sort of the British athletics team year in, year out and made, made European championships, world championships. And in 2016, the Olympic Games came round and, and it was my first Olympics and I went in ranked about 21st, 22nd, no, about 27th, I think, and finished sixth and, and oh, broke the wow. British record that day and led most of the race to the last few kilometres. And, and the only reason I, I look back now and I think, goodness, I wish I had some, a bit more self-belief because all of the way, especially in the second half, I was just telling myself, oh, you could still finish about 20th. You know, they'll, they'll come past you soon, yeah. but you can still make the top 20. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we got to 15K into the 20K and I was still winning. But my mindset was still, oh, maybe you can hold on to a top 10 place. Uh, and now, obviously, I go into races and say, I want to win this race, oh, whether goodness. it's the World Championships or whatever, you know. But so you were surprising it, yourself pretty much oh, from 15 kilometres on, onwards. Oh, well, <laughs> or waiting, the anticipation. Yeah, that, that's it. And, and surprising myself is literally my motto because... <laughs> I was doing it from 15k at the Olympic Games, but I was also doing it as, as a 15-year-old, just yeah. enjoying sport, you know, and throughout my entire career, it's just been, let's see what we can do next. But all that obviously brings a lot of, suddenly a lot of success, uh, this athlete in an event that no one really had heard of and, and brought some media coverage and 
suddenly my life was all about training full time. You know, I would be away training at altitude. I would, it, it was just Tom the athlete 24 mm-hmm. seven at this mm-hmm. point, not Tom the fiance or the dog owner or the son. Yeah. It had just become all about the sport and, and you do have to sacrifice and, and give everything pretty much yeah. to, to achieve at this, at this level. Yeah. But uh, a happy and successful uh, or a happy person makes a successful person, whether that's in work in in a hobby in, or in sport. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what started to cut, come through was into 2017, especially late 2017, things started to unravel and, and, a, and a very bad public race where I was disqualified at the World Championships a year later after riding a high off the Olympic Games yeah. and, and setting a world record earlier that year, it, it all exploded. All that sort of fun and progression and surprising mm-hmm. myself to suddenly deep in success and, and attention and expectation, I was suddenly like, wait, this isn't the Tom who was enjoying himself just doing this for fitness and for fun and let's see where it goes. This is Tom... Mm-hmm like hurting himself and everything around him to to try and get better mm. and and if i'm not enjoying it and if i've pushed those around me away who 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 matter what am i actually doing it for and that became yeah. very clear mm-hmm. very quickly and the wheels came off pretty spectacularly yeah it sounds it and it must have um because when you're just used to just doing your best, you're just trying to do your best, and then you're yeah. disqualified. It must have been like a kick in the teeth, you know. It must have been really hard to take. Yeah, and, and disqualification is really kind of a normal part of my event. Yeah. It's not like a false start in a yeah. in a hundred meters or something like that. It's it's really like a um, a fine line of you could just have a slightly bad day, or, mm-hmm. you know, up till the well even. Now I've ha- I've had one disqualification since two thousand and thirteen because my technique is pretty solid and I know mm-hmm. how to race technically well, and my tactics are normally pretty good. Except it came, the one disqualification came at the World Championships in in London, in front yeah. of about twenty thousand people live, live on BBC Two because yeah. you know the, the year prior at the Olympic Games my race was on the red button with a couple of Australian commentators on. A year later, at a home world championships, it was live on BBC Two on a Sunday afternoon with Mm. Steve Cram and Paula Radcliffe commentating. 20,000 people around Mm. the mall watching. Yeah. It had all come together perfectly for Tom to win this medal that day and leading the world championships. Yeah. I can can feel, like, as you're talking about it, I feel the pressure myself, you know. (laughs) The goodness me. Yeah, what a moment. Yeah, exactly. What a moment. But... But both ways for me, because it, mm-hmm. it, it dictated my entire career that day, whether I'd won the world championships or it went the way it did and, and, and I got disqualified. And, and we looked back and we analysed the race. Like I fully deserved to be disqualified. All my mm. sort of, you get yellow cards off the judges mm. um, if, you, if they think you're, gonna, you're breaking the rules. And all of my yellow cards came in in one single lap, which showed that, at that point, we'd just gone past halfway. The noise from the crowd and the expectation and the, and the adrenaline in me mm-hmm. was just through the roof. And my normal calm race head was just nowhere to be seen. Yeah, and just overwhelmed. 
yeah, it, that's it. I was completely yeah. overwhelmed and blown away by the fact that everybody was there f- for me. Uh, the other kind of some of my rivals and peers afterwards obviously wanted to see how I was and uh, and check on me, but they were like, we've never experienced a race like it. And after you you were disqualified, the noise just dropped. Yeah. Like, and I just realised it kind of made it worse because I was like, oh, crikey, everybody was there cheering me on oh mostly and it it was just brutal and and it you know the next few months were brutal I didn't want to go training I didn't want to be around the sport yeah and but I didn't want to be at home because I was just thinking about oh when am I going to go and training next oh I'm not going training oh you know and I started to just I had my off season and I have some something to drink and and eat badly but then my off season kind of never finished and it merged into kind of training again. And I was like, I was, I'd be drinking on a Saturday night when probably I should be going to bed and mm. getting an early yeah. night or, you know, not spending time with my friends or family, which I should be doing at the end of a long season, neglecting that, neglecting my own health, neglecting, you know, my mental health and everybody around me. And, and if anything, being a really unpleasant person just to be around, just, just I think, trying to almost punish myself for for kind of sacrificing so much yeah. for what felt like nothing yeah i think anyone derailed. oh sorry yeah sorry. i was going to say i think anyone that has struggled with mental health or has an ongoing you know issue with depression or anxiety like that really just i went quiet because i just really felt for you and I've been in similar situations. Obviously, I can't imagine the the Olympic side of things, but it is that spiral, isn't it, of just one thing after another after another and all the things you know will make you feel better, you push away. And it, it's, it's such a weird state of mind to be in. And it, it would just be, I think, really interesting. I know you talk about this quite often. What steps did you take to get yourself out of that? Yeah, yeah, you're right when you say like it's a like a weird sort of almost state of mind, and I and I look back now and I think I don't even recognise that part of me or yeah. that person who I was there. Like I I I'm seriously ashamed of that person, really. But at the same time, I had to sort of acknowledge and accept that that was part of me, and 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 I was really hurting those around me, and but I had to sort myself out to before I could then build bridges and and get my life back on track and and it it did get to the point where you know I did try and take my own life on a number of occasions um and it wasn't anything for you know there was no letter written or any sort of yeah. attention about it and and thankfully, my fiance has been my rock for for ten years now and and he's kept me going through everything but he said he can't stand by me right now. You, you know, I need, a, I need to take a step back from the sport or get some help or do something. But he, yeah. he won't stand by and watch me destroy our life, my life, his yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, because of, you know, because of what he met, meant to me, he, he half got through to me and I, and, I, and I knew I wasn't right in anything I was doing. I knew I wasn't well. And uh, and that call to the doctor at British Athletics, hopefully, I think saved my life and uh, but certainly changed my life for, for for the better. And and you know the last couple of years have been a slow, very slow, up and down journey out of that sort of 
mind mindset sort of thing and and now I kind of have gone into this last year which has been so traumatic for everybody yeah kind of a little bit thankful that I went through what I did because it's put me in a really good place to deal with what has been such a tough period and and now why I'm here trying to make a difference and kind of reach out and share some positivity and and encourage people to to kind of try something different even if they're not very good at it yeah uh, give it a go um during this awful awful period of time that we're all living in right now yeah i'm so sorry you went through that like i think you know it's 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 awful but seeing you today and kind of glowing (laughs) um and everything that you're doing online and talking so openly about it, it like you say it's bound to help so many people and um, like you say, it, it is that timing where no one knew we were going to have this coming um, for this last year. And it is weird, the kind of uh, practices you do learn when you're going through that healing process that you can then adapt to so many other parts of life, like being stuck indoors for God <laughs> knows how long. And I mean, that obviously massively impacted your training as well. So how have you managed to work around that? I mean, I I, th- I literally think back now at the last three three years, pretty much, let alone the last twelve months, um, of how up up and down it all was. Whether yeah. you know, I I had to take a step back from training a little bit when I was kind of sorting myself out, but then start to use it again for the reasons that I did originally, and I enjoyed training more and getting more out of myself, and and at the end of. 2019 just before we went into kind of covid 2020 um i i pulled a after off about eight weeks worth of training after suffering with a back injury through most of 2019 uh managed to finish seventh in the world and and it just reminded me of think of like what you've been through yeah how on how injured you've also been this last year and you've just finished seventh in the world achievement but I went into that race and beforehand I was not I was singing to myself with my music in in the cool room where all the other athletes wait and we were in Doha in a night race. So it was one of the most extreme um, races we've ever been in in terms of the environment. Yeah. And everyone looked so nervous and so intense. And I was like, I've done eight weeks training. I've got no <laughs> idea what's going to happen here. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy it. And, you know, it was, we were racing, even though it was midnight, it was like 30 odd degrees. The humidity was extreme. It was crazy. Like, it, it so was one different. of the most, yeah, it was, it was a bonkers race, uh, to be honest. And, and obviously, naturally, it was very slower than, than some of the races we would usually do. And I just started off in last place. And it, that race almost like dictated the last 20 years of my life, going yeah. from an 11 year old mm. to a 30 year old in those 20 kilometers of that race in uh, in Doha Mm -hmm. and as the kilometers went on I moved up through the field as people kind of keeled over or just blew up and you know uh, were going backwards rather than forwards and I moved forwards and I went from 40th to 30th to 20th to 10th Uh, eventually got up to about fifth or sixth or something dropped back a couple of places but just crawled around the last couple of kilometers and and managed to finish seventh and and I promised myself I'd go over the finish line with a big smile on my face, no matter what happened. And that's exactly what, what I did. There's a picture somewhere online of there's fireworks on one side. It's all dark at, uh, in, in the nighttime, but there's me 
looking like I've just <laughs> gone to war with, 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 a, with a shower or something due to the level of sweat coming oh off me. God. But with the biggest smile across my face. Um, and it was kind of the greatest sort of full circle over the last few years from Rio through to the disqualification at London. Yeah. Um, sorting myself out to fi- finishing seventh and then thought, right, I'm set up for an Olympic year in 2020. Can't wait for it. Motivated, happy. Everything's yeah. great. And, yeah. And then, uh, and then this <laughs> happened. <laughs> so we've just, we've just plugged on and, and, and now hopefully it looks like we're in a proper Olympic year. Yeah. And it's amazing that, that at least that was your last moment before like you ended on a high for that period of life but then after covid hopefully um you know that will carry on being amazing as well for you um i know as well as talking about mental health openly and and Mm -hmm. that within sport you're also um quite an avid lgbt advocate and with it obviously being lgbt history month uh we thought it'd be really interesting to get your thoughts on the well-being of the LGBT community and how we as, you know, allies can help and support, especially during lockdown. I'm sure there's a lot of people in that community potentially alone or without family that they can turn to. So, yeah, it would be great to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's bizarre that in sport, especially like the LGBT um, community just isn't represented really at all. Mm. Um, And when I came out publicly, it, it... it became a really big deal. And I was like, but this is me. No one's heard of me. Why is this a big deal? And then I learned why it's a big deal. Yeah. And, and it, it's still sort of something I'm quite proud of. Feel like it's a shame I even had to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I get messages to this day saying, oh, thank you for doing it. Or, or you inspire me to kind of uh, live this life. Or I can achieve in sport, even though I'm a, a gay guy or, or whatever, you know. And to me, it's like mad that people would even consider, oh, no, you know what? I can't go into sport because of who I love. Yeah, it's um, crazy. So, it, it, so, it's mad yeah, that it's even a conversation I that know. we're having. But, yeah. you know, it's reality. So yeah. you're, you're obviously, you're doing your best in the position <laughs> that you're in to, to talk about it and make it normal. Yeah, <laughs> that, well, that's it. I've just tried to live... Yeah. openly as me there's no agenda here you know yeah. uh, th- I've never done anything for any other reason just to li- live openly and be able to talk about me and my fiance uh you know and have no concerns that people we say oh we didn't know this this guy's gay or oh, this is a big deal and so on so I've just really kind of enjoyed learning how, yeah how poorly represented the LGBT community is and trying to make that a little bit of a difference. And, and right now, you know, you say, is there, is there a, being an ally to the community? Well, it's fantastic, but I'd say it's you, all, all anybody would ask right now is what you would do to an, an, an elderly neighbor or relative or whatever, you yeah. know, just reach, reach out to anyone here right now. It's, it, we're in such a position that it's almost, I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to say, oh, the LGBT community are in a worse place, uh, you know, or they might be worse affected because there's going to be so many people really mm-hmm. badly affected by this. And so it's rather than specifically reaching out to a community, it's it's how can we all reach out to each other together using technology or being able to meet up with one other person or 
yeah, and it's just stopping and thinking and going, oh, hang on, is that person living alone or is that has that person been shielding or maybe maybe it's time I, I reach out to them and see if they want to go for a walk or see if they mm-hmm. uh, want to go for a bike ride or, or something like that and or just a text or a call or, yeah. or a zoom zoom video call it, it could it could make a real difference yeah to, and I think if, any, if anything's happened in this you know awful situation that we've been in is the the community side of life of you know and I've seen it myself because I'm a busy person we're always on the go but actually we've had to look at who's around us um I've wanted to look at who's around us who needs who needs to chat who needs to you know what people are doing I've never taken any notice um to be honest and you know it's really good that you are helping the community like Mm. like you say you were going into but you were doing this before you were going into schools you're um influencing um people that want to get into sport that may feel like they're not they don't feel comfortable getting into sports because of who they love um craziness um so what is there anything else you're doing in the community to to help or anything else that's important to you i know you've launched a walking community haven't you yeah that's it and really it's uh this last year especially has gone crazy with people messaging saying oh I've been watching your vlogs on YouTube or or seeing your training on Strava and would love to know more about walking how can I get involved and it's not like the the race walking side of things it's all about just oh I want to walk more walk faster or you've got any ideas how can I improve on this and so I thought you know what um I'm going to I'm going to create a, a try and create a community from from kind of this interest because walking is just going absolutely through through the roof and I mean athletics is my job as well and mm-hmm. I've not been able to compete and so I've lost all my income so I charge a tiny fee like a monthly subscription to be involved and I just want to get as many like-minded people together and at the moment it's just me chatting away on there to to, to the few people that are on there you know it's 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 access kind of to me, but uh, to a private community on, uh, we, we've used Facebook as the platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we just want to kind of support each other or share ideas. Um, I'll be sharing everything from sort of my training to home workout ideas to, uh, you know, Pilates, exercises I do, uh, tips for kind of walking further, faster. If you want to learn how to race walk and put those sorts of technique videos on there because... Hopefully, another thing when it comes back is park run. I love park run, mm. and the amount of people that message me saying, "Oh, I just walked a park run quicker than I ever ran it." Yeah, it, it just it fills me with motivation as well, and that's yeah. why I really do love engaging with people so much. And so I thought, you know what, let's let's make this sort of community and 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 see see if it takes off, see if it builds. Yeah, and obviously it it was a coincidence. We didn't copy Tom. Um, we are. <laughs> As we record this, and actually by the time this comes out, Tom will be our next guest on our walk to wellness that we're doing. So for anyone that hasn't seen, um, it's every Tuesday and Thursday at 1 p.m. where we'll have a special guest with our one of our lovely coaches just having a chat on video uh, live while they're out for a walk. And we're just trying to encourage as many people as possible to go out as well. It's only 30 minutes. 
Um, you're not expected to do 10K like Tom in that time. <laughs> um, but it's just to get people out, get the fresh air. Maybe they go with a friend that Join they, you know, nearby. And yeah, all for free. So um, hopefully you can all join Tom on his uh, after this comes out. And um, if you do want to up your game, I guess come to Tom for expert advice on how to go quicker and, um, you know, longer distances. So how do they find your community, Tom? Um, oh, it's just a, there's just a link in, uh, in most of my social media bios and, and uh, you know, that sort of thing. And, and I'll be talking about it quite a lot on my social media anyway. So you can just find me on Instagram just by searching my name, Tom Bosworth and uh, or on Twitter, Facebook. You know, it's it's all it's all over the place, but it's as all you over say, the socials. yeah, yeah. Um, but walking is such a great way. It's, it, I always say it's kind of a, a cheat way of getting fit and mm-hmm. feeling better about yourself because it. I think running and other sports can put. There's the bits about like the sweatiness and getting your heart rate up and and feeling out of breath that makes people feel quite bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I know that from just from family members who say oh I don't like running because I get out of breath too quick and and this sort of thing and I said well you will be able to walk further cover cover probably more distance than you would have gone for if you had gone for a 30 minute run when you go for an hour's walk you don't get those sorts of those feelings that perhaps make you feel uncomfortable or or you're Mm -hmm. disappointed with or whatever but you'll get incredibly fit and and the fresh air uh, you just can think things through and perhaps make better decision, decisions than if you were making them stuck in the same four walls that we've been yeah. in for the last year. And, and that's why I just just preach about walking because you don't have to walk like I do as fast as I do, but it can just be a, a life-changing thing to bring in walking every, every day or a few times a week. And that's why, yeah, I was really keen to support what you guys were doing as well. No, yeah. definitely. It is it's definitely something that, like you say, has become a huge part of the nation and probably the world's <laughs> life, um, especially over the last year. And I love that you just said what you said about that because I have I have the regular argument with my dad where he's like, just go for a run instead. I'm like, no, walking is just as good. Like, <laughs> And you don't feel that impact on your knees. Well, I, yeah. I don't, it compared. Um, yeah, and it, it, it just feels more of a relaxing moment rather than a yeah. kind of stressful, I've got to beat a pace kind of, well, I'm sure it is for you, but for <laughs> other people just yeah. walking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Hit an L on the head. Yeah. Oh, well, well thank, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining. We were both kind of in a trance. I, I was. Yeah. Been, your yeah, story is so powerful. But also and... I'm in my own head. So I'm like, you know what I do? Uh, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a walk every day. I'm going to do it three times a week. And then you'll ask me next week. Yeah, we'll we'll see. And her sons will be in the athletic club again Uh, back when they're open (laughs) (laughs) to be like Tom. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, thank you for joining us on the walk as well. We're looking forward to that tomorrow. Um, Everyone can check you. It's just Tom Bosworth on social media, isn't it? If they want to look for you. Amazing. And yeah, good luck with everything in the future. Um, yes, good luck. And we'll Thank you. We hope you get back to it soon. <laughs> yes, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Amazing. Bye. Thank you. Speak to you next week. Bye.